Shane Waldron coming over to take over the offensive coordinator role of the Chicago Bears has led a lot of Bears fans to wonder how is he going to not only fill out his staff, which we've gotten a lot of answers to, but also how how is now the addition of Shane Waldron going to inform how the Bears attack free agency? Well, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about two and a possible free agent from the Seattle Seahawks that the Bears could target that have familiarity with Shane Waldron. We're also going to talk about the future of Eddie Jackson with this team and the options that the Bears have in front of them and the Bears hiring Chris Beattie for the wide receivers coach and what does that mean for the rest of the team. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host, Eric Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content for today. So, the uh, Shane Waldron comes over. Uh, he's now hired his wide receiver coach. I'm sorry, his quarterback coach in Kerry Joseph. And we now have the wide receiver coach um, in Chris Beattie also uh, hired now officially. And those are two really key important uh, roles for the Chicago Bears. And when you look at how Beattie is going to have to really develop that wide receiver room, we'll talk a little bit about that here in a second. But I want to talk about uh, some of the free agents from the Seattle Seahawks that the Bears could look to bring over to this team that have they're going to have they're going to know how to run Shane Waldron's system and they can help in, in some areas that we really need and you look at most offensive coordinators do bring over some players from their former teams to help kind of help that learning curve of their system but we there's a couple on this on the Seahawks team that really help the Bears in a couple of key areas that we need the first one I'm going to bring up is Evan Brown and this is a center now Evan Brown is I'm not saying he should be the center of the future by any stretch of the imagination for the Chicago Bears, but when you look at it, if the Bears do go after a young center in this draft, whatever round they end up getting one at, we still got Doug Kramer, who the Bears are still high, high on as well, um, on their practice squad, uh, Evan Brown could be a bridge to from where, where the Bears are at the start of the season to that new young center that's eventually going to take over that role. And when you look at uh, Evan Brown as well, he's better than anything that we had, period. Anything that we had. Uh, you know, it, he's not amazing. I don't want to act like like he's amazing. But when you look at Lucas Patrick last season, he was ranked by pro football focus as 30th. 30th as far as starting centers. Evan Brown uh, was ranked at 17th uh, amongst all of that. He was ranked as a strong, solid pass blocker. He was 17 amongst centers as a pass blocker. Now he was 27th overall, but that pass blocking is the key and the biggest thing that we need. Regardless of who's going to be taking the snaps, and for the Chicago Bears at quarterback, we need a center that's going to be able to help with that. Uh, Lucas Patrick also was 32nd amongst centers as a pass blocker per pro, pro football focus. So, again, Evan Brown, who has been a journeyman over the course of his career, he has played with five teams in five seasons, but he played really good in Detroit, uh, filling in as a starter there. Uh, then out of injuries, he fell out. He signed with Seattle on a one-year deal. This is a solid center that brings an upgrade to the Chicago Bears and can eventually become that depth piece or can be that depth piece if you sign a center that's going to be able to take over that starting center role or, or draft a center that's going to be able to take over that starting center role as a young player. Because free agency happens before the draft, I can absolutely see the Chicago Bears looking at Evan Brown and signing him, being somebody who can fill in and start while you develop a young piece, or he can be that backup center for you that's going to be much better than anything that we had also as a backup at that center possession next year. Now, next up, I'm going to talk about a player 
the whole hell of a lot of Bears fans are talking about, and I understand because, again, as fans, we look at who we can bring in, what makes the most sense, and that's Noah Fain, right? Bobby brought him up on one of the live streams. This is a guy who had 32 receptions last year for 414 yards, no touchdowns, but he did average 12.9 yards per reception, which is really good at average rate. When you look at it, last year was the only season of his NFL career he did not have three or more touchdowns. First two years in uh, in Denver, three touchdowns. The last year in Denver in 2021, four touchdowns. The first year in Seattle, four touchdowns. Last season was the first time he played all 17 games. He didn't get any touchdowns last season, but kind of understand why. But the reason why, as much as I would love Noah Faint to be our second tight end to Cole Komet, the end of the day is that the Bears have so many positions that they absolutely need to fill. I don't necessarily see them signing him for the money. Right now, he's projected to get $9 million per year. When you look at the fact that Cole Komet is getting $50 million over four years, I don't see them necessarily investing that money in the tight end position where we got other positions that definitely need to be addressed beforehand. Now, I'm not saying it's outside the realm of possibility. Noah Faint is a beast, and he can play extremely well, and I think he could be even more dangerous as a second tight end with Cole Komet and the way that Shane Waldron likes to spread the ball around. But a player that I actually think is somebody that the Bears could take a look at that's still a tight end on that Seattle Seahawks team is Kobe Parkinson. Now, this is a, isn't anybody who's going to who's going to jump out the stat sheet for you. He's 25 years old, 6'7", 251 pounds. He's solid as a blocker. He had two touchdowns last season on 25 receptions for 247 yards. That's an average of 9.9, right under 10 yards uh, per reception. When you look at the season before that, in 2022, he had uh, 25 receptions again on 34 targets, which was the same in 2023, surprisingly enough, both the reception and the targets number, the exact same. But he had 322 yards and two touchdowns, and he averaged on that one 12.9 yards per reception. So this is a guy who, as a second tight end on your roster, you can do a lot worse than. I really like the the potential of him coming in to this team and being, again, that second tight end. He's probably going to be better than Robert Tunyon was for us. Mercedes Lewis is probably going to retire. Who's, who's to say for sure if he's going to come back? I like Kobe Parkinson as a signing for the Chicago Bears. Again, not the not the the, the biggest signing, right? Not the name that's going to jump out the stat uh, out at you or, or stats is really going to surprise you in the stat sheet. But what he's able to do with that number of targets, getting those touchdowns, getting that amount of yards per reception, I really like the potential of him signing to this team. But you guys can let me know what you guys think down below. Now, one of the people that are going to help develop the receivers room for that is the new wide receiver coach in Chris Beatty. Now, I, I had an emergency episode on this, but I want to talk about it in full. This is a guy, he has 26 years of coaching experience. 26 years. Most of that coming in college, don't get me wrong there, but this is a guy who's going to be developing an important room for the Chicago Bears. We know we need a better wide receiver room, and that's part of what Shane Waldron brings as well, is a team that's going to naturally pass the ball a lot more than what we did last year under Lou Getze. So this is an important road. I don't want to overlook it. I know we have the video out on it, but Chris Beattie's going to be important when you look at possibly developing Tyler Scott. Um, if the Bears do hold on to Darnell Mooney, which I do think that the possibility of that has increased some with the signing overall of Shane Waldron, um, if that does happen, Chris Beattie and how he's going to bring this wide receiver room together is going to be important. Also probably going to have a rookie wide receiver in there as well. And if that happens, that's another person that you need to develop. Chris Beattie is a really good job for this, uh, really good guy for the Chicago Bears uh, uh, team. And I love what they did with them. 
Um, I love that they brought him in, and I love that shout, what Shane Waldron's doing to, to build out his staff. Ryan Poles right now is cooking. There's no salary cap on coaching staff. And so I love that Ryan Poles is going out getting these veteran guys that are going to uh, bring what we need and help develop this team. We now have our offensive coordinator, got our QB coach, we got our wide receivers coach. I think we still need to hire a running backs coach, if I'm not mistaken, and an assistant tight ends coach are still the positions that we have open on this offensive staff, but we're almost completely loaded up with coaches. And I expect that to be completely done here probably by the end of this week. And then we can just go forward with, you know, them doing their review, looking at what players they want to keep, going after free agents. We'll start to plan the free agents that they want to target. And that, that it's done at the right time. Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, Matt Eberflus, they're making the right decisions on this coaching staff. And Chris Beattie is just another good decision along the way there. But all right, let's get into some of the things, other things that I want to talk about. So Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson and the future of him with the Chicago Bears team is one of the I won't say the most important, but it is something that is on the forefront of a lot of Chicago Bears fans' mind. Of course, Jalen Johnson's way more pressing. I want to see the Bears get Jalen Johnson locked up early. What's going to happen with Darnell Mooney? As I alluded to in the last segment, I do think that Darnell Mooney could be retained if Shane Waldron really looks at him and says, oh, no, I can use this guy. I think that, that on a one- or two-year deal, something like that. But then you got to look at Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson has a contract of 18.14 million dollars next year and that comes with if they were to cut him 5.58 million dollars in dead money that's 12.6 million dollars they would save in possibly signing some other players if they were to cut Eddie Jackson so I do think that there's a chance of that now that would depend on what the Bears get in the draft if they get a, a safety or in free agency that they feel can come in and start right now one of the biggest questions around Eddie Jackson isn't what he is when he's on the field. I like what I think most people can understand. Not perfect, but he 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 brings a lot of, of positive qualities when he's on the field. The biggest question is, is, is he going to be on the field enough? And so the health questions around Eddie Jackson can make it to where he's he may be not retained by the Chicago Bears. Uh, he'll be 31 next year. He's missed a number of games and he's missed five games in the past in each of the past two seasons. So 10 games total in two seasons. And there's some questions there around the health. Now, either way, whatever they do with Eddie Jackson, I do think that they need to either draft or sign a very young safety that's ready to step in when Eddie Jackson's down and to maybe take over that starting safety position, whether it be this year or next year, when his contract's up. I think the Bears have to start planning with that future. But there's another option here to do with Eddie Jackson, and that is a contract restructuring. And it's something that the Bears haven't done a whole hell of a lot on. Now, under Ryan Poles, we've been rebuilding things like that, so it makes sense. So I do think that there's a possibility that Eddie Jackson could be retained on a restructured contract that maybe you restructure and then have it go out over like two years where he gets similar money to what he would have gotten over the one year, maybe a little bit more. Maybe you restructure the contract to where it's two years, let's say $19, $20 million. So it's $2 million more than what he would have just got for just this season. And then at that point, if you do draft your young safety, um, you, you have Eddie Jackson there as a veteran presence that can start into that safeties ready or back them up, and you know exactly what it's going to be. And I think there definitely could – and I'm not saying that Eddie Jackson can't still be an impactful starter if he can stay healthy. He can. But you could give Eddie Jackson a second leg to his career in, in having him come off the bench if you get a young center that's ready to take over that starting position. And I think that could do well for the Bull, for the Bulls, for the Bears, and for Eddie Jackson overall. The bigger question is, is if they go to Eddie Jackson – with the prospect of restructuring his contract, will he be open to it? That's something that remains to be seen. So we'll see what happens with that. 
You guys can let me know what you think down below. When you look at it, when you look at either wave, cut, or restructure Eddie Jackson's contract, which way are you leaning? I know it's kind of difficult to answer since we don't know right now who would take over his spot if we were to cut him. But let me know what you guys think on all that down below. Now, with that said, before uh, we go into the mailbag, which you got two voicemails, one of the biggest positions of need for the Bears, I think we've talked a little bit about this, and of course the center position is the number one uh, in addressing this offseason. I think the Bears have to address the center in a meaningful way. The offensive line as a whole, you cannot roll back into next year with what we had. Then I look at wide receiver, right? The Bears got to go out and I think do something. You need to add at least one more wide receiver. That's if you keep uh, Darnell Mooney and then Tyler Scott. You need another big-time wide receiver. That could come in the draft. That could come in free agency if Ryan Poles is willing to spend that money. And then you got to start looking at the edge. Edge is another key one that I think for the Bears, and I think that they're going to really try to address this. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to you know, address it with one of their first-round picks or a second-round pick if they get one in a trade, something like that. I do think the edge is going to be another big position of need for the uh, Bears in this offseason, whether it's in free agency or in the draft, uh, that the Bears really got to focus on and try to bring in here. And then the tight end position. What we got from Cole Komet was great. Career year from Cole Komet, but you need a little bit more quality depth there. I think the Bears are going to address that as well. That's kind of where I went where I went to in that first segment. But let me know what you guys think. What are some of the positions you want to see the Bears address? First and foremost, of course, I know a lot of people are going to say you got to make a decision on the quarterback. That goes without saying. I didn't put that on this list because that goes the decision the Bears make about the quarterback is really going to be important to what they do with the rest of their assets and everything else going forward after that point. So, But I didn't put it on the list for those smart asses that were about to say something about that. Let me know what you guys think on that down below. But we got two voicemails I want to get into today. This first one is from Darius. Hey, what's going on, Hayes? Uh, Darius from Dallas here. I was just listening to you guys' uh, uh, last podcast about the free agents. Um, I didn't hear anybody mention. I, I heard Derek Henry from a couple people on my little fan page that I'm on. I've heard Saquon from you guys. But and I know you said Poles doesn't pay running back. So what I'm thinking is why hasn't anybody mentioned uh, uh, bringing back Deontay Foreman? <clears throat> I don't think he's going to ask for as much money. Uh, as those guys, uh, and when we when when you hand that guy the ball and let him get momentum, he when he was in the game starting, he was a five yard per carry guy. I don't understand why he had those games where they were just giving him a non injured inactive. Uh, that that was stupid to me. He was obviously the best running back we had. I don't know what we have in Roshan. Uh, you're a little bit higher on Herbert than I am, but he's okay, I guess. If you Run an outside zone plays uh, for him. He, he can do good at that, but he's not good in between his tackles. But Deontay Foreman can come in there, man, and he's going to be that pounded guy. You look at what Detroit got with Montgomery and, and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, you either got to have something like that, or you got to have something like San Francisco has, where you bring your premier guy in. Um, I, I know that we don't pay running backs, but the edge that we have in free agency is that we have an awesome running game, and running backs are going to be drawn to want to come play for us. All right, so I think we should use some of that to our advantage. Um, and I think Dante Foreman is going to be a little bit cheaper option. He's not going to ask for that much money. I feel like you give him eight, maybe nine million a year, he'd probably come back. Uh, he just wants to be with a team, uh, that is definitely a team where he's ha already had success with. Uh, him and, uh, I think Austin Eckler, uh, will be my other option. Uh, he, he, he's a guy that can kind of run in between the tackles, catch out of the backfield and do everything. Um, so just let me know what you think about that, man. I, I don't see a reason as to why we can't spend money on a running back because if you look at what these teams are doing in the playoffs, all of them have running backs that they paid. All of them do. Uh, 
Uh, all they have that, and they have great offensive lines. You know, you, you sit back and you're looking at uh, what San Francisco's doing. I mean, shit, they had a great offensive line, and boom, they brought McCaffrey in there. They paid him, but they bought McCaffrey in there, and then look what look what happened, man. This kid just stood there and just broke records behind that offensive line. So I think that if you add a guy, whether it be Deontay Foreman or another guy in free agency, I think Lord, uh, I don't think we should just rule that out. Um, I'm not too familiar with how Shane Waldron uses running backs, uh, but from what I've seen a little bit, um, that, that's one thing that I've heard one of the reporters from Seattle say that uh, um, uh, Shane Waldron was all going into this season. He under okay. Why nobody's mentioned bringing back uh, uh, Deontay Foreman, Darius? I'm not sure if you like are on social, and I don't even mean that like jokingly or to talk shit. I don't know if you really pay attention to social media, but what Deontay Foreman tweeted. After the last two games, so he's not coming back here. That's the reason you don't see many people talking about it. Because once once Deontay Foreman tweeted what he tweeted, uh, th- there's no th- 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 he's not coming back to Chicago. So I do agree. Like if you can get him back, I don't think he's going to take a whole hell of a lot of money. And he did play extremely well for us, but he's not coming back here. I think that writing's on the wall. Everybody's kind of seen that Deontay Foreman is not coming back to the Chicago Bears. Now you did mention, uh, you know, Austin Eckler. I do think that's a possibility. Maybe he is somebody that if the Bears are going to spend money, but per your question is why won't the Bears spend money? Because we've got other positions that need to be addressed first. And you can always, I'm sorry, every year you can get a running back that can be damn near starting quality in the fifth and sixth round of just about fourth, fifth round, probably more maybe exaggerating of every single draft. That's why you see running backs not paid very much across the NFL. And I got to disagree with you as well that, that, uh, Khalil can't run between the tackles. Like, literally, the last time he left that on the voicemail, the very next game, he did most of his running between the tackles. And I think Shane Waldron is going to make that a little bit more easy as well with what he uh, what he can do as far as coming under center a little bit. So I think overall, to answer your question, why won't the Bears spend money on running back? Because it's what you laid out at the beginning. We had the second-best rushing attack in the league, and we got talent here in Roshan and Khalil, and you can get some other young talent in the draft and we have other pressing positions that need to be addressed first than addressing somebody, some an area that we're already top in the league at. So that's just a business perspective on it. I think you want to address those other things. And if you address those first and still have some left over, maybe you do. But I think we got bigger pressing needs for this team right now before we can worry about a position that we're already deep and pretty solid at overall. That's my thought process. Great voicemail, though, there from Darius. Let me know what you guys think. Maybe I'm missing something on that. All right, let's get into the next a voicemail. This one's from a first-time caller, Miss Barbara. Hello, guys. Um, this is Miss Barbara calling. Uh, just wanted to share a few things with you this morning. Um, I got up this morning and was listening to some of the uh, news podcasts and you know about the game yesterday with uh, the between the Ravens and uh, the 49ers, and then you had the Lions. And um, I'm sorry, um, I got my games mixed up. But you know what I'm trying to say. And, um, you know, it just got me to thinking um, about um, the Bears and our season uh, that, you know, going to be coming up next next year. Uh, we just got this new uh, coordinator in, this Shane Waldron. Uh, and, um, I, you know, I have just kind of like been following you all. And then I've also been listening to some of the comments coming from uh, people that's inside of the uh, CL organization, you know, the comments they was making about him, that he was, uh, you know, just average, that he couldn't make in-game adjustments. Um, and, uh, you know, it just kind of bothered me because, I, I, you know, 
like you and a lot of us here in Chicago, you know, we, we want our team to be successful. And, you know, I think most of us, you know, are kind of like just throwing our full support behind Pose and Eva Flutes over there and Mr. Warren, you know, to give them a chance to, you know, build this team. And, I'm, you know, I'm all in. But I, I'm very – I'm just – I don't know. I just don't have a, a good feeling about him. I, I guess maybe I'll change my mind once so we get going for, you know, the new season. Because I looked at Lamar yesterday um, and how uh, the system that he's in, it's, they got a coordinator up there called Todd Mutkin. He's got this fabulous resume, uh, so many years of experience, and he's worked with this quarterback and this quarterback, kind of like what I'm hearing about Shane Waldron. Uh And yesterday, the, the Ravens, that coaching staff, lost that game for the Ravens. His idea of a, I guess, play calling. Lamar was kept back in the pocket, I noticed. Drop back pass. Drop back pass. There was no, I mean, he was, Lamar was the best uh, player, athlete on that field. He couldn't even use his athleticism. Everything was a, maybe a design run here and there. And the running back never, I don't, I don't think they even played at all. If they did, I missed it. Drop back pass. Even had him. Miss, listen. First of all, Miss Barbara. Um, yes, you will see Seahawk fans. We saw some in the comments say things about Shane Waldron. And here's the thing that I that I always say: when you are zoomed in and you are literally watching somebody every day, which they watch Shane Waldron's offense every single day, those flaws become more glaring, right? And every year that he's there, it becomes more glaring. And that's eventually going to happen with anybody here, right? Unless the Bears are just having the number one offense in the league every year, which isn't going to happen. The, the flaws of what Shane Waldron brings are going to be more evident the longer he's here. That's kind of going to be more the focus. But this this bringing him in is going to change so much of the Chicago Bears offense. It's going to really just, just how varied he gets with his play calls alone are going to bring such an added dimension to the Chicago Bears offense that we need. So, yeah, there's doubts around Waldron. Waldron has his issues and his shortcomings as a coach, absolutely. But one thing that Waldron is going to be is way better than what we had. And he's going to bring an offense that's going to actually use the talents of of its of its players a little bit better. And you know the 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 terrible play calling, the the route options that were terrible, all those things aren't really going to be evident under under Shane Waldron. And so yeah, eventually we're going to look at his flaws, right? Because he's going to bring a lot of change and it's going to feel fresh. It's going to feel new, especially if we're winning early. But it's going to happen here too. Eventually, three years, two years down the road, whatever it is, we're going to start looking like, hey, Shane Waldron really came in here and changed some things. But hey, we 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 fell down in number five rushing the last three years. Like that type of thing happened. So I'm not too surprised to see that happening from Seahawks fans. Some of Seahawks fans are just idiots too. So you know that that's what it comes down to. They're just stupid people. But um, outside of that, like you, that that's part of why you see that type of thing happen. But great voicemail, Barbara. And listen, you're not wrong to have concerns until you see it. You're not wrong to have any concern that you have until you actually see it and it's in front of you and we're playing better it's it's fair to have those doubts and wondering what if Ryan Poles is making the right move. So I get what you're getting at with that. You're completely valid in having those feelings. And hopefully Shane Waldron and this offense solves those doubts for you. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bear Central. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. ChicagoBearCentral at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. Thanks to you guys. 
And like I like to end every episode on, Chi Town up, bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. 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 Media.